Hey everyone, welcome back to Music Marketing Monday. My name is Andrew Southworth, and today we're going to talk about how much music artists get paid per stream. And you'd hope the answer to this question would be simple, like how iTunes downloads have pretty much always been 99 cents, but the answer is actually pretty complicated, and there really is no one true number. Um, so as always, you know, if you want to listen to or read today's uh, podcast as a newsletter, you can click the link in the show notes, or go to musicmarketingmonday.com and join over 9,000 other artists label owners, producers, managers, et cetera, getting actionable music marketing advice sent to their inbox every single Monday. So first of all, let's talk about what changes the payment per stream. Why isn't it a fixed number? Well, uh, the first aspect is the individual platform or music DSP that your music is being streamed on. The second would be the country that the stream occurred. So was it in the US or was it in India or Brazil or Mexico or Canada? That would be vastly different. Uh, three, the type of plan the user is subscribed to. Are they on a regular plan, a premium plan, a free plan, or a family plan? All that results in a different payment per stream, essentially, uh, depending on the, the DSP, of course, and the country. And then four is the distributor you use. The distributor you use actually does change the payment per stream, uh, <laughs> just to further complicate. Now, there are other factors that impact uh, the payment that you actually get. Um, and in this this uh, talk, I'm going to be talking about basically points one and two, so the platform music is streamed on and the country that the stream occurred. Uh, the data that I used to generate the numbers in this report or in this uh, podcast, thoughts newsletter, or from my own district account and represent millions of streams. So it should give us some good averages, but keep in mind it is only for district kid. And we don't have any data on different plans, just platforms and countries and also time. So... I also do have access to data from Amuse and The Orchard, but nothing else. So just those three, District and Amuse, Orchard. If you want to submit your royalty reports to help me crunch more numbers uh, and make more data available to the community, there's a link in the in the uh, newsletter version on the website. So click the link in the show notes to click there. Um, if you want to submit your royalty reports, I would really appreciate data from other distributors or data that goes back further in time. Uh, so that we can come up with some data for how the payment per stream has changed over time. I'm going to read you some numbers in this podcast today that I already have, but I like to have more data. And also, I'd like to do a full-blown study on different distributors. So yeah, well, let's get into it. Uh, the global pay per stream, now, of course, in the newsletter version, uh, there is a nice table here, but I'll give you the, the, uh, the high-level stuff. So immediately, the thing that stood out to me, Spotify is one of the worst Pay and uh, actually, first let me back up. Uh, we're talking about Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon Music, Deezer, Tidal, YouTube Music, Napster, AudioMag, Koba Streaming, and Yandex. At least in this case, um, and the the first thing you I've noticed is that Spotify is one of the worst paying ones in this entire list. It isn't the absolute worst, but it's one of the worst, despite the fact that it's the largest DSP by monthly users by far, like about thirty percent market share according to some studies I've seen online. Uh, the next thing is that Amazon Music pays out great. So just for context, the Spotify global average pay per stream, at least from DistroKid, at least from my account, is about 0.2 cents or $0.002, uh, basically two, two, <laughs> uh, a, a fifth of a penny, basically, 0.2 pennies. Uh, Amazon global average is 0.95 pennies. It's almost a penny, uh, at least if, according to my data. Um, Napster and Kobez also pay out 
pretty damn good. Uh, Cobus is actually over a penny. It's actually coming up on almost two pennies. Napster is about uh, three quarters of a penny. So pretty amazing. But the problem is practically nobody actually uses Napster or Cobus. Um, Apple Music, Tidal, and YouTube Music are all in the middle, and they're all pretty much the same. They're all, all about a half a penny, global average, at least, again, according to my data, um, which is interesting because I always would have assumed that Tidal paid better than Apple and also um, that YouTube would have paid less than Apple, but they're actually all pretty much the same. Now, most artists make the most money from Spotify despite the fact that it pays so much less. However, it can skew to different DSPs based on demographics and country difference and all that. Now, just for context, in this data that I calculated this, what I did is I just got all the streams I've gotten from each DSP and um, all the money that I've collected from each DSP over the past six years or so and just divided them up. So it's not factoring in country relationships and all that. Some platforms have different country stream ratios and all that, but we're not factoring that in. But 93% uh, of the streams that I have in this study are from Spotify. <laughs> so keep that in mind. It's very Spotify heavy. Um, and about 4% is Apple, about 1.5% is YouTube, and, and everything else is in that last remaining like 2%. So it's very Spotify heavy. But that's another reason why most artists make more money from Spotify. E most artists I know, whether they've done ads or organic or whatever, over 80% of their income from streaming at least is coming from Spotify, despite the fact that they only have a 30% market share. Um, so... <laughs> Keep that in mind, as nice as it is to focus on these higher paying platforms, the, the, most artists just don't make nearly as much money from the other platforms. And we'll talk about that more later. Let's pivot to the country per stream rate. So what I did is I calculated the same data, but for the US, UK, Brazil, and Canada individually, so we could compare them. Um, this is a lot more of a true comparison. Um, to take it further, we could include distributor as well. And again, I, if you want to submit your royalty reports from your distributor to help me do this, I would appreciate it. So go to the newsletter version to do that. Um, but again, there's a pretty graph in the newsletter version if you want to check it out. But here are some stats that I found interesting. So the UK generally pays the best out of these four countries across the board. So US, UK, Brazil, Canada, UK is the winner. Uh, the next one, the UK streams from Apple, Amazon, and YouTube pay over a penny per stream. So for Amazon, that's not too unusual because Amazon's global average is already very high. But for Apple and YouTube, it was over a penny, which is like double the, the global average. Um, I was very surprised that Brazil pays comparable to the USA and Canada for some DSPs despite the fact that they're three times worse on Spotify. So uh, for Spotify, the, uh, let me zoom into my graph here. Uh, the global, sorry, the USA number is about a third of a penny, it's 0.36 pennies. UK was about point, is almost a half a penny. Uh, Brazil is uh, like an eighth of a penny. It's 0.13 pennies. So it's, it's close to three times worse than the US. It's like four times worse in the UK, and it's twice as bad as Canada. But in other DSPs, it's like the same as USA and Canada, which is <laughs> kind of strange how much it changes. I would think it would be a constant shift or you know, a reasonably constant shift across the platforms. So yeah, that was interesting. Um, overall, UK is the winner. Um, we already know what kind of ones paid the best. Amazon's still kind of crushing it. 
Apple's pretty good. Title pretty good. YouTube pretty good. Um, now let's talk about the change over time. So what I did now, and again, check the graph on, on the thing if you want to see the actual data points, but I graphed the individual countries, US, UK, Brazil, Canada, over the years from 2018 to 2023. So I, I calculated the payment for Spotify, particularly Spotify for US, UK, Brazil, and Canada over the last uh, six years. So 2018, 2019, 2020, 21, 22, 23. So it's it's a six-year data point graph. Um and basically, the, the summary of this is the payment per stream has stayed pretty much the same since 2018. Uh, <laughs> it actually more consistently has gone up than it has gone down, which surprised me. I was expecting when I did this that we would see the payment per stream drop pretty dramatically over the last five, six years, just because, you know, <laughs> it's the music industry, right? Things are always getting paid worse and worse over time. I, you know, I've heard people say that, oh, things music industry used to, or our streaming used to pay way better. Now it pays like trash. But this shows that that's not the case. At least going back to 2018, um, which again, I would love if someone has data going back to the entire history of Spotify. I would love to see that, so I could report about it. Um, but from 2018 on, it's pretty much the same. Like for, for example, UK. 2018, it's about two-tenths of a penny. Um, I think that was a fluke, though, because 2018, I had very small data, especially for the UK. 2019, it was uh, 0.4, 0.41 pennies. 2020, 0.44 pennies. 2021, 0.49. 2022.47. Um, now, 2023 is the only year on this graph where things actually significantly went down. Um, my guess for that, because we're talking Spotify here, is that it's due to Spotify discovery mode. So Spotify discovery mode, if you're not aware, if you opt your songs into it, they take a 30% cut of any streams you've gotten from radio and autoplay during the opt-in period. And I used discovery mode extensively in 2023. So um, it did drop by about 30%, roughly. Went from, for example, UK 0.47 to 0.39, US from uh, point... Why is this not making sense? <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting I'm getting a little confused here. I went from 0.38 to about 0.32. Uh, for some reason, the graph, there's like a typo on one data point, so that's why I was getting mixed up. And then 0.28 to 0.22, 0.15 to 0.13. So it kind of all went down in 2023. I'm pretty sure that's just discovery mode because I used it all year for most of my catalog. Um, but aside from that, every year it went up, which I was, again, shocked. But, you know, please, if you want to submit your, your, if you have a long history since 2010 or something of Spotify reports from your distributor, I would love to see it. Um, and again, if, if you want to submit your numbers, um, basically, uh, there's a form that you can go and type your stuff in on. Um, any data you submit and any numbers I come up with it is going to be just freely available to anyone. So I'm not going to sell this data. I'm going to crunch the numbers. It's going to be freely available. I'm going to use it in blog posts, newsletter, and the community. Um, I'm also going to keep the data anonymous and averaged so that no one will be able to tell how much money you're making or not making. Aside from me, I if you send your, your reports to me, I will be able to see how much money you've made and or not making. But um, at least at the moment, I'm crunching the numbers myself. I made an Excel template so I can run through and crunch the numbers. Um, but if you want to submit your artist name or label name in here, you don't have to. You can keep it anonymous. 
Um, I will not tie your name to your data specifically. All I will use your name for is to thank you anywhere that I post this data. Be like, hey, this was possible by these people. Um, so yeah, just some kind of disclaimers if you want to submit your data. Now, the last thing I want to talk about on this topic is what do we do with this information? And honestly, I don't really know. <laughs> um, as, as indie artists, we don't have control where the listeners go. We really have to follow the, the people. Uh, Spotify pays pretty poorly, but artists, artists typically make most of their money from them due to the volume of listeners and their algorithmic playlists. Um, so there's some things that I thought we could take away from this. I mean, one is make sure you're present on all platforms so that your music is on there. Uh, two, pay attention to where your fans naturally stream your music because you might find that maybe you have a natural tendency to gain fans that really like Amazon Music, which is great. Now you know and you can double down on that and really take advantage of it. I know several people who do way better on iTunes or Amazon or Pandora, and it it's honestly pretty great because um, they just they get paid way better for it, and it works out really good for them. Um, and then three, if you're running ads consider adding all the different DSPs to your landing pages and including them in your targeting. Now, in the past, when I've tried doing dedicated ad campaigns for Apple Music, Amazon, Tidal, et cetera, because they pay better, the cost per conversion shoots the roof and it makes the whole thing not worth it. Um, however, simply including these services on the landing page and in your targeting is a fair compromise that does not generally impact performance. Uh, it, it might take some results away from Spotify, um, just because now you got more people who are coming in and converting who are not necessarily only going to be from Spotify, but um, it's generally not going to hurt your, your campaign. Uh, and the, the last kind of thing on this is I would keep an eye out for music industry news because these platforms are constantly changing and fighting for market share. Like a couple years from now, Apple Music or someone else could overtake Spotify and you want to be ready to jump in that opportunity if it happens. Um, I'm recording this podcast version after the Super Bowl. Uh, it ended, you know, an hour and a half ago or something. And um, the Apple Music sponsored the Super Bowl. I think they might have sponsored last year too. But, you know, they, they're pushing spatial audio and they have their different versions of AirPods and they have their Apple Vision Pro. Um, and it's like, who knows with, with their giant control in hardware and computing devices and phones and, and all that, uh, they got basically infinite money. So could they kill Spotify tomorrow if they wanted to? I think so. It's just a matter of if they want to, um, which is kind of an interesting thing about. Same with Amazon, right? Amazon could just, they could they could basically make their service free and pay the artists out of their own pockets and it's a drop in the bucket for them. And then Spotify would go out of business. So yeah. So anyways, we get some new content this week. Uh, the, the first big one is I go over a profitable Spotify ad campaign. The video is called Inside a Profitable Spotify Ad Campaign. Um, recommend checking it out. We got this song about 1.4 million streams and the ad campaign, I think spent about 1700 USD. So it was a very profitable campaign, uh, at least in terms of the ad spend versus the return from Spotify. Also that's Spotify alone. It also gets streams in other platforms, of course. Um, next video, which is actually from last week, but I'll just mention it recently. I hosted a music marketing summit with over 10 hours of content from over 15 experts in the music industry. And I made a highlight video so you can check it out. There is some news this week. Apple Music, which I mentioned before, is now paying up to 10% more for songs with spatial audio versions, meaning non-spatial audio songs will now get paid less. So let that soak in. Um, Apple Music is sponsoring the 2024 Halftime Show um, and made Usher's catalog. Um, I need to add a, 
add a thing to my newsletter post, it made Usher's catalog available in spatial audio. So that's a lot of music for them to just make available in spatial audio at once. But I noticed that the other day when I was checking on Apple Music. Spotify hits 236 million paying subscribers globally, uh, just kind of confirming their market dominance right now. Warner Music Group is cutting another 10% of their workforce. And several indie labels have come out to support UMG's battle against TikTok. If you don't know, UMG pulled their entire catalog, which includes Taylor Swift and a lot of other massive artists. They pulled it from TikTok because of concerns over how little TikTok pays for anything. Uh, if you don't know, TikTok is like, they practically pay nothing for their music usage. And they're also doing all this AI stuff that UMG is not a fan of either. So they pulled their whole catalog, very dramatic. Um, but honestly, pretty much everyone agrees with their decision doing that because it really takes the major labels to make anything happen in the music industry, unfortunately. So yeah, make sure to check out the newsletter or sign up to our newsletter. If you haven't already, go to musicmarketingmonday.com to join over 9,000 other music artists, managers, labels, etc. Getting actionable music marketing advice every single Monday morning sent straight to your inbox. My name is Andrew Southworth. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and I'll see you in the next one. Bye.